Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and coworker, co-author Nancy Sexton Lopez. We were co-workers many years yes, ago. We were decades ago. <laughs> and uh, this is a program that we do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern live broadcast on YouTube and Facebook. And then it's available on various podcast outlets. And we are happy to have you with us live or in whatever other way you can join us at whatever time. Please send us any questions or comments you may have. And you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at n-s-a-x-t-o-n-l-o-p-e-z at csmpc.com. Again, that's N. Saxton Lopez at csmpc.com. We like to note that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter, medical care, spay neuter services, and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in central Massachusetts and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D A K I N H U M A N E dot O R G. And I'll also note and invite you to join me for a live Zoom event that we're having on November 16th, uh, sponsored by Dakin. I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading from Nancy and my book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, and facilitating a discussion. And this is wide open to anybody who'd like to participate. There's a link to the registration on the description for our presentation today. And so please consider joining us. And today we're going to talk about a common situation in which a pet dies and let's say the pet is a family member for a couple and one of the members of the couple is very upset and quite distraught for a period of time and the other person either is not so visibly upset, maybe keeping their feelings to themselves, or maybe they're just grieved very differently. Mm -hmm. And there is a sense that the person who is not experiencing the profound expression of pain and grief that the other partner is experiencing is sort of not being all that supportive, is not be, is being a bit judgmental, is maybe feeling like the other person should move along more quickly and is making that known. And this happens with some regularity. And it's a very broad stroke to say this, but it is frequently the case when this happens that you see it in a heterosexual couple where the woman is more expressive mm -hmm. and the man is less expressive. Now, that's those are really broad strokes and it's not always the case by any means. And it's not something that I'm saying that's negative about one gender and positive about the other. It's just a difference that we see with some regularity. And that difference is not an issue in the couple relationship 
as long as the person who is sort of more quiet in their experience of grief is continuing to be loving and validating and supporting to the other person. But sometimes they're not. And this can also be the case in very close friendships where there's just, there's just a lack of support. And so I want to talk about that a bit today. Or, or uh, parents, right? Yes. Or other yeah. family members could be the yep. same, right? That, yep. oh, you know, when, when my dog, I said this on the podcast at one point, my first dog died um, and I called my parents and I was upset. My father understood it. My mother said, oh, Nancy, it's just a dog, you know, get another dog, you know? And so it could be parents, it could be friends, and it could be spouse or partners, right? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes, interestingly enough, there were, remember in the group, there had been a few men that came to the group yep. without their their spouses, because yep. I remember one man in particular, and he was, he was, had been an executive at a big company, I believe. I can't remember his IBM or something, but he said, my wife never liked the dog. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, it's a whole other issue, right? Whole right, other right? layer. It, whole other layer. Right. So he was coming to the group, and she couldn't understand why he was coming to the group. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this this becomes very problematic at times. Well, I mean, that whole issue of when one of the partners actually didn't like the pet was felt maybe encumbered by their existence. Yeah. That in we've even seen cases where the the partner who was in a really close relationship with the pet that when that pet died the spouse felt like the the spouse felt like that person now was going to be free to spend more time with them and was actually mm -hmm. pretty happy about the loss and didn't uh, didn't make that a secret. And so there can be tension in that way. And it's just really tricky in some situations. Well, it was interesting. I was telling you before we got on that I, for the last 45 minutes, I'm working with a client who's trying to make a decision about euthanizing her cat and her husband and her on this kind of on the same plane with that. But you know, she's already forward thinking, right? Because in anticipating death, you think of what's going to happen afterwards, right? And they mm -hmm. have a cat and another cat, and they're afraid, of, she's afraid of that cat being alone, and is already saying, well, maybe we, we will get another cat. And he's saying no. Mm -hmm. So it that already there is going to be a little bit of disagreement. And how do you work that out when she's looking maybe to, to, allow another cat in because of didn't want her the cat that's surviving to be alone and he's saying i'm not ready for that i'm not gonna be yeah. ready for that. Yeah. so it could be all different components in that end of life and grieving that yeah. come up you know for uh, a couple or friends and and in that situation it, it's just important for people to be validating of one another's experience and to allow for it and not to diminish what their partner is saying or not to get into a into a significant conflict about it because feelings are really charged at that point. Yes, very emotional. And actually she shared a story and this was what you were just talking about that a couple and um and I think when they got married um 
one of the husbands had a dog and said, and actually said, the dog comes first, right? Mm -hmm. Dogs, my dog comes first. Sorry, that's kind of how it's going to be. And so he, the other person knew going in that, okay, that's kind of how it's going to be. But as the dog got older, I mean, and, and this, they both loved the dog. Of course, you know, the one who, who really had the dog in the beginning was wow. But when the dog got sick, the person, the, the, the husband who owned the dog went alone and had the dog euthanized and, oh, did that, wow. and didn't tell the, the other, his, his, uh, his husband. So I, and, and he, to this day, he never knew what happened. So that was an interesting twist to everything, right? I mean, he didn't even share with his husband what had happened to the dog, why he made that decision to euthanize the dog. That's a strange situation, I would say. Really strange. Did they, how did they work through that? And that that was, you know, I didn't- That's just a story. But but see, this is the complication with people, right? With couples, with family members, parents, children. Uh, friends. I mean, there have been a lot of cases where, you know, the people coming into the group were literally good friends became no friends. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to react or what to say to friends who had lost at their pet, their, their beloved animal. So they were mortified that, or and, and upset and devastated that their best friends couldn't say anything to them, didn't know what to say and didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. Or do that, the stuff that people too frequently do where like, you know, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's help you get over this in one way. Yeah. Right. Let's go out. Let's have a drink. Okay. We'll go out to dinner. We'll have, they don't. Mm. And I mean, so many times people try to, they try to help, but what they're really trying to do is not feel the discomfort of simply being present with a person who is feeling sad or feeling upset and grieving. It's been, well, we, we, it goes back to, we've talked about this before too, that we just don't grieve well, or we don't know Never. how to do it. We just, we just can't be in other people's pain. It's, it's too uncomfortable. It's too awkward. It's, it's, you know, you, People don't know what to say. They don't know how to react. They don't know what to do. I mean, death is kind of this weird thing in, in our society, you know. And I mean, obviously, it happens all the time. But um, we live in a, in a society of youth. And so, you know, and how you look and, you know, doing youthful things. And and obviously, we all get older and and we do die. And so um, it's it's people don't like to think about that and they don't certainly like to feel somebody else's pain. It's too uncomfortable for them because it brings up their own pain. Yeah. And it, and also it's just, like you said, we're not practiced at it. Yeah. We're not practiced at just being silent and yes, present right. and supportive in a very simple human way we are probably going to be geared towards trying to fix the way the other person is feeling. We're going to, we're trying, trying to, we're going to likely be trying to fix the way we feel inside when we're with somebody who's in a lot of distress, because as you said, 
that just uh, that's not a place that many of us have a lot of practice in going. We're not yeah. we're not okay with our own discomfort because we haven't learned how to tolerate it very well. Right. And that goes generationally. I mean, right? It it just is handed down generation to generation right. with this uncomfortableness of, of what you do with that. I mean, obviously people go to and, and with humans, they go to the funeral, they may go to the wake, they go to the shiva, whatever that might be, but that is done. Right. And so, but after the fact, and that's when a lot of people are grieving, you know, everyone disappears. And so, you know, it's, and um, it could be very different in other cultures, you know, I'm not sure because we didn't, I didn't, you know, look into this for this podcast, but, you know, it isn't, it isn't something that we like to do or talk to about. Mainstream American culture you're talking about. Yeah. We're not, we're not practiced at it. We're not, yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not even. We're not in any way close to the basics of the natural world where, as you mentioned before, death is a constant. It's just part of it's part of the circle of life, so to speak. And, yeah. uh, and we just need to accept it and embrace it as something that is normal, is just normal. And the, the one thing that I, I think is just so important for people to do when they're at odds with one another, like one partner or one friend is trying to get the other person to feel better, is to just chill out and try to be respectful mm-hmm. of the fact that you're not going to be able to control the way the other person mm-hmm. feels. And any attempt to do so is going to be experienced in a really negative way. It's not going to be experienced in a positive way. At the very least, it's going to be experienced as inconsiderate and a bit dismissive. And it could be experienced as as pretty infuriating and very, very upsetting, adding to the person's experience of of grief because they're, they're experiencing you as having no respect for what they're going through no empathy for what they're going through. And that's what we need most when we're grieving. You know, doing a lot of bereavement work in the hospital, you know, it's, you can't make it better. Yeah. You just can't. There's no magic pill. There's no magic words. You, it's really just being there. And that's what's hard for people because they think they need to say something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really just sitting with them and being in the pain with them, which is makes bereavement work hard, you know, because you know you can't make it better. Yeah, and it and it hurts inside. It hurts. Yeah. It's uh I mean it it for many people it's gonna it's gonna stir a lot of discomfort. If you're a professional and you're used to doing grief work, you probably have a very different boundary, but that's not going to be For the, the way best, that most right? people yes, most experience people. the grief of someone close to them. Right. So let's talk about what, what are some of the things that we can say and do if a person is not responding in a way that's helpful or supportive or, or empathic? I think, first of all, people want to be cautious as to who they speak to. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have people in your life that aren't 
animal lovers. Or if you have people in your life that you have a, maybe you have more of a cantankerous, you know, or volatile relationship with a parent, you know, or um, you don't want to really, you know, get into it at work when you have to be, you know, concentrating and, you know, and, and doing your uh, tasks and you're carrying through your responsibilities. I think it's really important to be wary of sharing too much because that can potentially bring on those, those, you know, statements or questions that are going to be too upsetting. Um, because again, people mean well, they most, for the most, for the well, most. And, but they, they just don't necessarily say the right things. Mm -hmm. And so um, that would be one thing to be, to be cautious. So if you want the people around you who support you now that said you had, had gone into the couple right so one of the couple we have this a lot a lot in the group too right so um a couple would come and and the gentleman would say i'm here with her mm -hmm. and and then she would continue to come and he wouldn't right and then when she would leave to go to you go to that group again yeah. right <laughs> you know yeah. so um and you're right that's really complicated between the two of them. But like you said, it, there really needs to be some support and respect. For I mean, one of the things that, that strikes me is that when somebody says something like that, you can ask them what's, why they're saying it. Yeah. Why are you saying that? Why are you questioning that I'm going to the group? Because sometimes you can get to a much better place by taking that next step. Mm -hmm. And you know, we don't know what you'll get, but you'll get more information. And so the answer may be, well, I'm worried about you. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like this is something that seems like it's going on too long. And I'm worried about, about you having so much grief that you're experiencing to which the person can, the person who's hearing that can say, well, you know, my, my, my grief is going to take whatever time it takes. takes right. And, and, or if the, if the, if the partner says, well, I miss you. <laughs> I want us to spend our evenings together. Together. <laughs> then that's a different, you know, like that's the whole thing. I think that sometimes. More of a conversation with it. Yeah. To, it's, it's a good idea to just see if you can go, that next step. I mean, this applies to so many things that happen between intimates and also just between people who have working relationships or friendships that if they can just go that next step and ask a question that might provide some clarification. You know, and it also, there was a couple I worked with some time ago and they had lost uh, their dog had died and they did some work together, but interesting. And she was very distraught. I mean, he was upset too, but she was very distraught. And and then down and a month or so later, a month and a half, all of a sudden she said to me, "Well, you know, I'm 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 working through this. I'm working through this, but I can't work through it very well with my husband, who we need some couple work." I mean, so there were so many. There was a whole another layer of stuff there, right? So right. they were getting along well before this happened, and then the death happened. And so now she's working through the, she was working through the, uh, the grieving for, for her 
for her dog, but all of that other stuff came up in that was problematic in the relationship. So those kind of things can exacerbate problems. Oh, sure. If there's already, if there's already stress in the relationship, if there's already a high degree of disconnect, this can make it, make it worse. Mm-hmm. And I mean, any, any major, any major stressor, right. Can make a relationship problem mm-hmm. worse. And so that's something to keep in mind too. And it, it would be, it would, it would be a particularly thoughtful person who would say, I'm going to bring my partner in to, to do some therapy around this. I mean, it could, cause I, I would imagine that could be, that would, was very helpful for them because sometimes that would provide an opening to really to make things that. better, make things better. Because death thinking, just change us, you know? Yeah, I mean, any yeah. kind of death can change us. Yeah. I, w- I was thinking too, when, when, when you have, when a friend is saying the wrong thing and the wrong thing is something that makes you feel more distant from them and more, more like they don't understand or they don't care than that they're actually being supportive. If you can ask, if you can ask a question, if you can respond with some kind of, some kind of exploration. <laughs> so if person says, Hey, let's go out to dinner. You seem like you really need to get out and, you know, get back into the world. And you can ask them like, what, a, what do you think it's like to be on the receiving end of that question when I'm feeling That's pretty so down? And I mean, sometimes people just need to sit back and maybe think for a few seconds about how do I ask a question that will help to this person to reflect, to reflect on what they've said and yeah, how what they've said and how it might have landed on me. I mean, the, the classic is just get another pet, and you can ask a person like you can say, "Look, this was a really dear friend of mine." Yeah lived in my family. It was like the, the, it was like a child to me in many, many ways, certainly not exactly the same, but was like a child. And would, would you just say to another person, you can get another child or you can get another best friend? Like, how does, how do you think that lands on me when you say that? And I think that that's really important. What, what you are presenting for people to be able to do, you know, it's hard for me as a therapist because, you know, I do this, we do this for a living. You, you do know, it all right? the time. We, yeah. we, so, so, I mean, my, if somebody said to me, um, um, Hey, you don't, let's see, what's, what's one of the ones now you can go on vacation. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I would say, I know that you're trying to help. Yeah. You feel better. Yeah. See, but that's, that's where I come from. But I don't think I can go on a vacation right now. I'm I'm in too much pain, and I, mm-hmm. you know, um, I know that you want to help, but this, I I can't really do that right now. And so, but I know for people, I mean, they get so and they can get so enraged, right, and so upset because of what people are saying um, that it's helping them make sure that they have to be careful. To, to to really work with the person that's saying those things to you that aren't very helpful is to really be calm. I mean, calm if it's possible. And that's going to be hard when you're grieving. See, when you're grieving, you're you're upset, you're emotional, you're you're sad, you can get mad. So to try to help somebody, you're good, you're a good friend of yours, say, listen, you know, I, uh, you know, I this isn't an easy conversation for me. 
And um, instead of saying, what the are you talking about? You know, which would be an easy thing to say, because that's how you feel. But to really help them evolve and you to get your point across is is to really step back and try to watch your tone and and how you present it. But but say, you know, no, this isn't this isn't really the best time for me to take a vacation. I wouldn't enjoy it. I'm really grieving. I know that you're trying to help, but it's not the time for me. So but it's we understand you and I that that's hard to do mm-hmm. for most people in the context of how they feel with hearing some of these things. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things that, that we, we can perhaps offer to people who are grieving is if a person says something that's really unhelpful to say the way that you could help me right now mm. is just to tell me that you care Good. And to to sit with me for a while, that's good. To, Perfect. You know that that kind of thing. That, so that you you give them really concrete, simple Directions. guidance. Yeah. On what would be helpful, and and just like that, just to 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 let me know that you're that you're there, that you care about what's happened, and that's how you can help me. And you don't you you don't have to say anything beyond that. Right. I think that that's a really nice, nice thing to open up um, a a different a different feeling between the two people. Just say, look, I just need you here. I, I'm just be with me. Just you know, I I want your support, but I I I don't want to really talk about anything that I need to do right now because mm-hmm. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah, and. Um... And and realize that you you don't have the perfect words to help the other person no. to go in a good direction when it comes to being supportive. They're probably trying, unless you know they're not. You know, unless you know yeah. that. And there, and as you said before, there are certain people who you're just not even going to. You may not even let them know that you've experienced this loss. Yeah. No, because you, you, I mean, and it's important to, to be, be cautious with that. We know that because you don't want to open up those, those particular comments or questions that might be disturbing. Um, and so, and, and there's a lot, a lot of times what people say, I mean, I, the other one that's really, that's been around for a long time, that is really not helpful is I know how you feel. And, yeah. and, and nobody knows how you feel. It doesn't happen. They don't know. And Nobody so, ever knows how another person. Feels. That's right. So, but that's a typical thing people say, right? Oh, I know how you feel, but that you don't. No. And so, and that's kind of the hard thing because then you're at a loss for what do you say? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry for your loss. That's what you say. I mean, you you have had your own experiences, but they're not they're not exactly they're not identical. Right. That's right. And uh, that's a that's a very it always makes me laugh when I think about that, because we like to think, particularly people who are who are trying to be empathic, you know, they're they're trying to to show that they're close, like I'm really close to you. I've actually experienced this. I know exactly how you feel. And, and of course, that makes the other person feel Nuts. totally dismissed in general yes. because it's like, exactly. it, you know, and I mean, it, it's important to perhaps just dis, to distinguish between sympathy and empathy. 
Exactly. And, you know, empathy is when you're you're trying to put yourself in the other person's right. frame of mind. You're just kind of listening to them and you're present and you're maybe mirroring how they're doing. You're saying, look, I can see that, you know, it's you're really quiet and you look pretty sad. I, I'm I can see that that's how you're feeling. That's what it looks like you're feeling right now, or something like that. And but but you don't want to you don't want to tell them how they're going to feel, how they're going to feel, or you know, you know, sympathy is when you talk about how you yeah. you talk about how you the are difference doing. between. I mean, sympathy yeah. it, it it can be nice. I mean, it's not a horrible thing to do to have that sympathy. Oh, I feel bad for you. You know, I feel bad for you, but it also. It, it most people don't like to be on the receiving end of exactly. what like pity. Exactly. It, that's you know, right. We don't want to feel pitied by others in general. It's, and that's why empathy, not, you know, Benet Brown does a lot of this stuff, you know, sympathy, empathy. But to be yeah. to have empathy is you're in it, you feel it. You you feel what they're feeling. Yeah. And then you can you can judge what how you're going to react. And and then and then another way to to think about this is that compassion. Is yeah. really just about you being there, being present, being kind, being attentive, and and understanding that there is that boundary there where you're mm-hmm. you're not you're not inside of them. You don't know what's in their heart, but you're just there to to be a presence who is caring, who is is going to help in any way that they suggest that might be helpful. And, and listen, listen to them, and, and right? to listen, or right. to just be silent. And it's so, you know, I know some people will say that compassion is really what what's most relevant. Compassion is just the idea that you are you're present, you're witnessing, you're fully you're fully engaged, engaged and focused on the experience they're having, and that's that can be that can make the other person feel that they are at least for that time not alone. Well, they're not alone, they're listened to, they're being taken care of. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a lot of words. It doesn't have to be in many words at all. Mm-hmm. I care, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. That's right. So I guess we'll stop there, Nancy, okay. and it's great talking with you and I'll look forward to our next conversation. Have a good take care everyone.